0: Welcome to VCE on Air with our host, the founder of Click Ventures, Carmen Chan, together with her guest for today's show, Pinder Wong. Pinder is an internet pioneer. He co founded the first licensed internet service provider in Hong Kong in 1993. Now he's shifting his focus to blockchain with the Belt and Road Blockchain Consortium. In this episode, he will talk about the initiative and how blockchain will help to better organize trading. Since one-third of Belt and Road economies follow Muslim faith, the initial focus of this initiative has been on halal blockchain. In this episode, he will also recount his experience at Hangzhou, the birthplace of Alibaba and his interaction with the AI technology that helps in solving trade Disputes.
1: so first of all Carmen, and thank you it's been 25 years since we saw each other at hong kong university of science and technology and it's wonderful to see such a beautiful and successful <laughs> entrepreneur thank it, it actually makes my day um and thank you for this opportunity for the interview. So what I want to talk about is um, the Baltimore Blockchain Consortium mm-hmm. and the importance of this new infrastructure for Hong Kong's youth mm-hmm. as a new platform for doing business. Now, many of you know that I helped pioneer at HKUST the internet in Hong Kong in 1993. And now, obviously, I introduced um, Bitcoin and blockchain here about mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. So the Baltimore Blockchain Consortium is uh, a new uh, organization uh, to promote the digitization of trade along the Belt and Road Initiative. Now, the Belt and Road Initiative is a national project of China. It's in China's constitution. It's a new trade route by basically land and sea for 65 economies. Mm -hmm. Uh, One third of those economies basically follow the Islamic faith. Mm -hmm. And so in designing the Belt and Road blockchain, um, the key point, there are three. The first of all is the vision of the consortium is provable sustainability. And that's Mm -hmm. environmental sustainability. Why? Because we cannot afford this new global infrastructure to be as wasteful as past uh, trade infrastructures. That mm-hmm. includes green manufacturing and green trade. So the vision is very broad, which is how can we have sustainable inv- uh, uh, business through a sustainable environment. Mm-hmm. Now, this is important to understand because Hong Kong's role in financing a lot of the Belt and Road initiatives um, is now being augmented by this blockchain technology. Not only in terms of smart contracts and the automation, but also in terms of, we heard today at this event, um, basically these security tokens. Mm -hmm. But there's a very fundamental uh, change that this new architecture is going to require. And that is the electronic ID of companies, Mm -hmm. specifically Hong Kong companies initially. Now, why is this? Well, companies... Unlike in Bitcoin, companies cannot be anonymous. They need to pay tax somewhere. Mm-hmm. So Hong Kong, as you know, the Internet, which I helped pioneer here in the early 90s, we have a free and open Internet. It mm-hmm. has, I think, three times the Internet capacity, uh, international capacity of the whole of China right mm-hmm. now. And we are one of the most free and open economies. So we have chosen within the Road Consortium to look at two things one, this identity for companies. Mm -hmm. Why? Because previously you could you need to know who you're trading with in order to do business along the Belt and Road. Mm -hmm. We can lower that cost to zero. Previously, we would only be able to know that company through the banks. The banks would be the ones to previously verify and validate whether or not the company is who it claims to be. Mm -hmm. Now we can deal directly with the company registry. So the way that the consortium is constructed is to reduce the the potential fraud Mm -hmm. or identity mistakes. If we know who we're dealing with through the KYC process, the Know Your Company process, which the consortium... Uh, makes very inexpensive, mm-hmm. then we can actually start to do business. So the consortium is non profit, but the blockchain itself, the Belt and Road blockchain, registers changes of state and legal liability. So why do we need to do that? Well, if you've done international trade, you, you realize there's always trade disputes. Mm-hmm. So the benefit of a blockchain is now we have the evidence there to say, hey, look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this, the blockchain has registered the legal change of ownership Mm -hmm. and then we can use non-blockchain mechanisms, for example, the Hong Kong International Arbitration Center Mm -hmm. or our courts to basically come to a dispute. The last thing though is that this online dispute resolution, because there are problems sometimes with smart contracts as we've seen, they're Mm -hmm. written incorrectly, is that online dispute resolution can be automated. Now, this is where AI comes in. So, the blockchain itself can provide the data which the AI can quickly determine and also provide the remedy to. This is important because many trade disputes are, in fact, quite small amounts, right? Hot, yeah. uh, under half a million uh, RMB. Mm-hmm. So, if we recognize that in places like Hangzhou, right, in, mm-hmm. uh, in where Alibaba began, there is the Hangzhou Internet Court, yeah. which basically does, uh, they've since last September have. Uh, administered seven thousand eight hundred trade disputes.
0: Wow! Uh,
1: the average processing time for a trade dispute is fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. if we're going to make trade along the Belt and Road efficient, we recognize that. We need to know who we're dealing with. That's what the Belt and Road Blockchain Consortium does. Mm-hmm. That there are going to be trade disputes and mistakes that happen. And we need to lower the cost of resolving the, those mistakes, lowering the cost of friction. If we can do this, we can build trust. Mm-hmm. Now, we've decided to focus on a very unusual starting point, which is the halal blockchain. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is Islamic finance. Uh, to serve the one-third of the Belt and Road economies which follow the Islamic faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And we have a very large Muslim population already in China, and this is something which I think is uh, a new edge um, for Hong Kong, now Hong Kong, we already do so-called Sukuk bonds, which is Islamic financial bonds mm-hmm. As you understand with Islamic finance, you cannot have charging interest to yeah. reba it's forbidden yeah. And with a blockchain system where you have a fixed number of tokens, you mm-hmm. can't have an interest system mm-hmm. So the long and short of it is there's a tremendous opportunity to build this grand soft infrastructure for the Belt and Road But where's our starting point? The irony of the starting point is the Global Smart Container Alliance, Mm -hmm. which was also released last year, which provides um, smart physical containers. Mm-hmm. Containers, 20-foot, 40-foot containers with all these sensors. They can tell whether or not the, the container is full or empty, whether or not it's been dropped. It can use mm-hmm. the uh, the Beidou satellite system to tell where it is. Mm-hmm. It can tell the temperature and all of that. So this is very important to understand that these smart containers with blockchain-enabled smart locks mm-hmm. will be the, the interesting point for the Greater Bay Area. Right, so Hong Kong is Part of a much larger uh, region, we call it the Greater Bay Area. Mm-hmm. For the last few years, we have uh, pioneered, or at least the Hong Kong government's pioneered, the electronic lock, the e-lock, mm-hmm. which goes. We have the, one of the world's most efficient cargo airports, mm-hmm. and so the Hong Kong's Customs authorities checks the air cargo, puts the e-lock on okay. the physical container. Mm-hmm. And the physical container gets shipped to Shenzhen, right, Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. And every single, where a lot, the route it takes, how long it's taken, whether or not it's taken the right route, whether or not it's lingered too long, that's all broadcast to the Shenzhen Customs Authorities. Mm-hmm. And they can decide, hey, look, this container took exactly the path that it, it was expected because of the e-lock gives mm-hmm. all this data. I see. It can tell whether or not it wants to open that container again. Mm-hmm. So there are initiatives underway and I've been in discussion with some of them to make those e-logs sort of blockchain aware Thanks. so they can write directly to again the Baltimore blockchain which I designed mm-hmm. the reason for this is that if we know exactly where our goods are mm-hmm. we can then provide the trade finance just in time mm-hmm. so this is again blockchain uh, infrastructure makes takes a friction out of a lot of the uh, the, the old architecture in this mm-hmm. new architecture and so Hong Kong's role is both legal in mm-hmm. terms of providing the rule of law, with again, uh, as I've said in the conference, uh, we need to have an electronic uh, company ID, an EID for companies, or e-business registration certificate, mm-hmm. whatever we want to call it, so that we can check whether or not the company is. We can verify and validate, just like we um, we did with the with the octopus card, right? If we can yeah. if we can validate and verify mm-hmm. a company quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And you're done mm-hmm. then we can have trade but trade's gonna have problems, which is why focusing on trade dispute or online dispute trade resolution mm-hmm. first if we can produce an octopus f- uh, for companies mm-hmm. Right, then we will have done something and that's why I'm very excited about the belt of blockchain I'm very excited mm-hmm. about basically building smart container locks which are blockchain aware mm-hmm. and starting from Hong Kong Leveraging what we're already doing, and some done with the ELOC, and then building it out through the greater Bay Area. Mm-hmm. If we can perfect that system, then we can deploy it along the Belt and Road, and I think that's going to be a very Let's exciting see. time.
0: Actually, I have a question related mm-hmm. to uh, the part you just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, the dispute process mm-hmm. could be automated by AI. Yes. So how can that be Done.
1: Well, AIs are actually not smart, they're stupid, right? <laughs> but they require accurate data. Mm-hmm. And so one of the problems here is um, where is the data real data or fake data, mm-hmm. right? Because if the data is fake, then the AI is going to make a different mm-hmm. uh, judgment. Mm-hmm. So, I made a mistake when I first designed the Belt and Road blockchain. I did not appreciate how advanced the AI technology has come. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I visited Hangzhou, right, which is Mm -hmm. the home of Alibaba. They have a lot of um, data, right, through their their platform. Mm -hmm. But they have this, again, Hangzhou Internet Mm Court. And so we recognize three things. First of all, that trade declarations are very standard forms, Right that mm-hmm. everyone has to do it. everyone has to declare and do a fair value of the declaration cross border mm-hmm. and if we take the friction out of goods flowing cross border, then more goods flow right mm-hmm. right now we 're in the middle of a trade war right yeah don't forget that so the data can actually come from existing trade documentation in Hong Kong. we have mm-hmm. Trade link and other services that provide some of that we 've been talking mm-hmm. about a trade single window, mm-hmm. but to really be accurate we need lots and lots of trade data and Mm -hmm. so this is the benefit for deploying the belt and road economy of the Mm -hmm. 65 different economies because if you can have again a common standard by which we all submit our trade data for the purposes of training an AI to say okay this container reached this point you should have released the funds mm-hmm. you didn't release the funds was it the container really there or was it not there because if it is there then you pay out, do right? you mm-hmm. compensate the person or not and so this is why um, the role of dispute resolution uh, mm-hmm. in some sense automated dispute resolution, AI based mm-hmm. systems is why I think the Belt and Road is interesting because Hongzhou already has this working we don't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Hong Kong my mistake mm-hmm. was to Think that a lot of the trade disputes would be done through the Hong Kong International Arbitration Centre mm-hmm. or the Hong Kong courts. It's too slow,
0: mm-hmm. it, it,
1: and the amounts of for trade disputes are half a million or less than that. Yeah. And so there needs to be a different way of thinking about how we can facilitate trade mm-hmm. by taking out the risk. The two risks, as I've mentioned, the first is identity risk. Mm-hmm know who you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be providing you goods or giving you money. You want to make sure that the money gets to the right places and get the goods. Mm -hmm. But that's the easy bit, because Mm -hmm. if we are to have global trade, then mistakes happen. And so when we have a trade dispute, then we can say, look, we are both Belt and Road Consortium members. Mm -hmm. We submit to the consortium's rules, which means that we use this blockchain, the Belt and Road blockchain for evidence. Mm -hmm. Right. So the cost of fact-finding, the cost of saying what exactly happened, where was the goods at this time, previously, that is actually a really expensive process. Mm-hmm. And so basically right now we make that effectively free because everyone contributes. It's a blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone contributes that. And so now we have a chain of evidence
0: Mm-hmm. We have you a chain just, of
1: custody with the smart locks, like mm-hmm. who actually is physically in control with it, mm-hmm. and we actually have a chain of uh, responsibility and chain of evidence. With these three chains, mm-hmm. I think, at least I hope my design will transform the way that global trade is being digitized and okay. the way we do business.
0: So you just mentioned in Hangzhou, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it just takes 15 minutes to solve
1: one It thing. doesn't take 15 minutes. It <laughs> takes much less than 15 minutes. But So, um, so can you yeah. give
0: us some example?
1: Well, there's a website. I mean, I go to Hangzhou Internet Court or just Google it. Um, my understanding is that the AI determination: what happens is you put, uh, you file uh, your grievance on their website, mm-hmm. obviously with the supporting trade documentation. Both parties put up the the, the funds, mm-hmm. or one party, and then the system will make its judgment and then do the dispersal. Hmm. so it's again it's not huge amounts of money it's mm-hmm. it's half a million but it, what it shows is a way of thinking about doing dispute resolution which i believe i've never seen before
0: mm-hmm.
1: and as i said i think i made a mistake my mistake was thinking sort of the traditional hong kong way which is we have very experienced and seasoned judges mm-hmm. we have very proud of the rule of law we have lots of um, very expensive lawyers but this is a different way this is automating it mm-hmm. now the first time i saw that it was like oh, my goodness, this is a monstrosity, mm-hmm. right? You know, how could you ever have a computer decide yeah. who is right or wrong? Yeah. But then I thought, I may be wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, if we think, if the two of us who are in a dispute believe it's fair,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's kind of good enough, right? And it's not questions of life and death. I'm not saying that one of us is going to die or anything. It's just a question mm-hmm. of, we have a dispute, we put up funds. The system says, on the basis of this evidence... And they have, again, their advantage is they have a lot of trade data. But Mm -hmm. right now, it's only within China. So Mm -hmm. I think there's an opportunity to collaborate with the Mm -hmm. Hangzhou Internet Court. I think our Mm -hmm. Department of Justice can do things. I think our company registry can do things Mm -hmm. in terms of EID. But that's the vision I have. Mm -hmm. As I have shared in uh, the the conference that we've just come from, I think the implication of uh, STOs is that Every company is now a public company, mm-hmm. and we need to treat every company as a public company. Because and that's what we do very well at Hong Kong's. Very good at good governance, mm-hmm. right? We're we're very fair, mm-hmm. um, and we can export that. So that's why I think what Hong Kong's role, especially for our youth, is to build the soft infrastructure for the Belt and Road. So it's not ports. It's not the hard sort of. Hard infrastructure. Mm-hmm. There's all the logical stuff that needs to happen, which is identity, dispute resolution, intangible mm-hmm. property, etc. I see. Thank you very much. That's
0: very interesting. Thank you, Carmen. It's you good, very to, much. See good to see you
1: again after twenty-five years.
0: And on the show goes. This has been VCONAIR dot com. Catch us again next time for another interesting episode and discussion. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.